You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Cases four. Now, Second Timothy three fifteen to sixteen, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So there's no way you can have you can understand the holy scriptures if you don't know its purpose, the reason, the logic behind it is the salvation of man. So if you look at Genesis 1, you see that Genesis 1, 1 talks about God creating. It actually speaks in the past tense, God created. Genesis 2 also describes exactly what it was like. It talks about darkness. The darkness actually is not darkness. It is something that Moses can't actually speak. He has to just use a language to um, um, describe the darkness. So he's talking about sin. He's talking about the fall, but he uses darkness to typify that. Okay. The first thing we heard is that God speaking, let there be light. Okay. So in that is the image of God. So that is Christ right there. The image of God that actually should be in man. Amen. Is that very clear? So that is what brings man back to the divine order. So right from Genesis 1-3, we see redemption. Okay, we see redemption. How God will redeem falling man. So you see, then everything else is talking about after Genesis 1-3 to 5. Okay, from 6 going, actually is just to give us an understanding of what happened. So it is not a description of creation. No. Everything happened in creation. So Moses needs to give us the premise for the fall. Is he making sense? So the fall happened in what? Creation. So he needs to give us an understanding of creation. Just a premise. So he won't tell us all the names of animals that were created, all the human beings that were created. Are you getting the point? All the um, animals and all the flowers, all the herbs, and then mention their names? No, because he's not giving us into details how God created. That's not his focus. His focus is what happened in creation, which is the fall of man, and the need for man's redemption. That is the focus of God in scriptures. Is that very clear? So when somebody asks you, oh, Cain's wife, who is Cain's wife and all of that, he would have gone into that if that was the purpose. But the purpose of creation is not that. He's just using the premise to bring us to understand what happened. Am I, have I made myself very clear? So that's exactly what Apostle Paul is talking about here. That Timothy understood the focus of scripture. That it is the salvation of man. And because of that, it set him up to receive Christ and to know Christ. 
Praise God. And I've said it over and over again. That before the Bible came, what were the apostles preaching? They were preaching the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> Is that very clear? Uh -huh. They were preaching what you call the old word. Testament. Okay? So you see that all their references in their preaching and in their letters were from the old word. Testament. That have been confirmed in the New Testament. If you say the New Testament, let me actually put it clear. In the eyewitness word account. Is that very clear? Uh -huh. In the eyewitness account. Okay? Yes. And then they use them to write letters to the churches in their explanation of these scriptures and the events that happened. Is that very clear? Okay, good. So, when Paul said all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, he's also saying that every scripture is God's breath. So what he's saying is that God, by his inspiration, made them right. He's not saying that God, by inspiration, said everything. So there are things... That God inspired to write, but God necessarily didn't say it. So there are things that may come from the devil. God inspired them to write it, but God didn't say it. Are you getting it? Do you understand it? You don't understand it, praise God. Okay, good. Now, so I am writing something. God inspires me to write. In inspiring me to write it, there are things that you, Prisla, said that God didn't say it. But God asked me to write what you said. So although it is God inspired, it's not God who said it. It's you who said it. But God inspired me to what? Document it. Is that very clear? Mabel, do you understand it? Okay, good. Yes. Adam, you understand it? Okay, good. All right, so... When we say all scripture inspired, it doesn't necessarily mean that God said everything. There are things the devil said. Is that very clear? Yes. There are things that people themselves what, said. But then all of those things, God inspired men to what? Right. Is that very clear? Okay, okay. So, when we are talking about case, you can now understand. God inspired it to be written, but the curse is not from God. <laughs> so God actually just made them document what happened to man and man's state after the fall. Am I very clear? I want everybody to understand this. So God inspired the writing. God did not inspire every word and action in the Bible. And that's why we need to study everything together. And we don't leave anything what? Out. Because God inspired it to be written for a lesson to be what? Learned. And then it will make the story complete. Are you here? Rosemont, do you understand it? Good. And that's the reason for Luke 24, 27. Okay? You know what is in Luke 4? Uh, Luke 24, 27. What is there? <laughs> all right. So, at the, in the beginning, at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and things concerning himself. Okay. That's why he had to take them through all the word scriptures. And in letting them understand the completeness of scripture, he seamlessly took them through everything that happened and why it happened and the role he, the Christ, would play in the redemption of mankind. Praise God. Is that very clear? So it was a journey through what? All the scriptures. So you see events that are very negative, but the events in the end will show why the Christ must come. So if you take like Genesis 3.15, 
where the prophecy was given hmm, that the serpent will bruise uh, the, the, the woman will bruise the head of what? The serpent. And the serpent will bruise his heel. Okay, which speaks to the redemption of man. Okay, so, so it's, it's not a good thing. It's, it's, it's a negative thing that happened. But it was said as God's mercy, God's promise that man will be what? Redeemed. Is that very clear? Okay. So, the negative and the positive all go to show us God's mercy, God's goodness, God's kindness for mankind. Praise God. Alright. So, the word actually opened the, he opened at the scripture is the word da nogo. Da noigo. Da noigo. To open fully. To open fully. To open fully. Okay? So he opened them up fully. Took them through everything. And then because of that, they were able to put all the pieces to what? Together. Assemble all of them. That's the word sunema. They were able to understand. All together by the scriptures. Praise God. Okay. And that is actually what makes clear. And then it brings transformation. It brings what? Yes. Transformation. Okay. So you must see all the characters shown and put together. And that's where you begin to see that Jesus becomes the answer to all the queries of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So if you look at the story of Abraham. Where Isaac was like the lamb. If you see clearly. You can see when he said God will provide himself what? A lamb. Jesus I'm sure would have told them. That lamb is who? Me. Is that very clear? Yeah. So, if you look at Luke 6.38, I think it's something we've done severally, right? Where people say that it's offerings. We know that it was not talking about what? Offerings. It was not talking about offering. So, look at Luke 6.37. Go to 37. What it says? It says what? Judge not. Uh -huh. And you shall not be what? Judged. Uh -huh. Condemn not. And you shall not be condemned. Uh -huh. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So, the 38. Go. Give. <laughs> Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. So, when you judge, when you give judgment, it shall be given to you. Press down. Shaking together. Running over. It has nothing to do with offering. It has nothing to do with offering. So, go back to Luke 6, I think 32. Okay, so now, if he says give, and it shall be given to you, and he's talking about offering, look at what he says here. If truly he's talking about offering, go. Okay, so if you love those who what? So, if he says give, and it shall be given to you, is, it, is, is that what he's saying? Do you understand it? That when you give, you don't expect to be giving back. As a matter of fact, if you go on, it will tell you that even the unbelievers do that. Okay? Yes. The unbelievers do that. So you see, you have forced me to go back. So you see. Alright. So if you look at scriptures like this, you can see the reason why Bible interpretation is very what? Otherwise, you'll be taking things out of context. Okay, out of context. I mean, um, this week I heard about um, Pastor Creflo Dollar's admittance to the fact that it's not biblical to take um, tithes, you know. And for the first time, people that have not seen on Facebook 
defend anything, are defending it with everything in them. I've seen things on salvation. They have never come to defend it. This one, they are defending it with everything in them, you know. But all of these must show you what you are getting, that you take for granted. I take for granted. Okay, I take for granted. How did I think that it was a bold statement he made? I don't care what anybody thinks. He's gotten all the money and now he's, whatever anybody says, that's their problem. But if I see anybody standing for God's word, I have respect for them. It doesn't care what you think their intentions are. I don't care. What I care about is that the gospel must be heard in all nations. Praise God. And so, and so we must actually be studious so that we can get this thing and spread it and spread it. We have to spread this gospel. We have to spread this gospel. We said that in the law first mentioned, we're able to know how a word is used. And when we know how the word is used, we are able to have a good understanding and then are able to carry it along so that it can express itself in its meaning. When you don't know how a word is used for the first time, it can distort as the time goes because it can lose its meaning. And I give an example of light. That the first time light was used, it was used in the light of Christ. So when you're talking about light you will know that every other light comes under the light. <laughs> it cannot be above the light, Christ. That's why he said, I am the light of what? The world. So when he says that, and you know the law first mentioned, and the first time light was mentioned, you understand that, oh, yes, he is truly the light of the world. Are you getting the point? Is that very clear? Okay, good. So you see, Bible interpretation is very key. It will help you stay on course. It will help you know God. Do you know that no matter how knowledgeable you are as a pharmacist, as a lawyer, as an architect, do you know that if you don't know how to drive, you are an illiterate in driving? And you have to go and take lessons to drive. You can't say that, hey, do you know how many degrees I have? As a matter of fact, it may be a small boy who is teaching you. You can't say, do you know how old I am? Your old will not take the steering. Your age will not take the steering. Listen. In the same way, when you get born again, no matter your status, your degree, your age in life, like a newborn baby, you must have the attitude to learn. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes you would have to submit to somebody who may have not even gone to school before, but they have more knowledge than you are. You have to submit. You have to. And that's exactly what sometimes eludes most of us. We think that, okay, maybe in my area of, uh, of, of, of career, in my, in my this, in my that, I'm very, I'm the guru there. No, 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 no. Forget it. Yes, you're a guru here, but here you are an illiterate. Don't know anything. And how can you be born again? I ask them. Listen, the first question, are you first a Christian or a pharmacist? Jifa, you are first a Christian. So, which one should you know better? The Christian faith. Christian faith. The Christian faith. Tell the next person, I have to do better. What's your identity? So, the first time light was used in the Bible, it was not referring to moon, stars, etc. So, you can't sit with that. The first time darkness was used in the Bible, it didn't mean night, did it? No. So, when Isaiah says, okay, uh, arise, shine, for your light has what? And then he said that thick darkness, gross darkness, has covered the earth. Then you think that he's saying that, hey, the moon stops shining. No. So he's referring to the light. Christ. And when Christ is not there, there's thick darkness. So John will tell us what the light and darkness means. Second Corinthians 4, 6 will tell us, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So light is in your heart. 
And that's why you can understand scriptures. That's why you can understand scriptures. You can't be confused. But you need to study. You need to study. So you can see that the word cursed, in the first time it was used, was used in the past tense. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. So he was not the one cursing them. He was telling them their state. We found out in the Hebrew that the word kalal and awar are the most words used for cares in the Old Testament. And it means to prevent from getting or to extricate. It makes things better. Oh, wow. Praise God. So God was informing them it was a statement of love. Say it was a statement of love. Why would he tell them? He was telling them to know their state and he was going to work to bring them out. So as a matter of fact, that actually is an indication of redemption right there. This is what you have put yourself in, but I'm going to fix it. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So what did man do? Romans 5, 12 to 13. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, death through sin. So sin entered and then because sin entered, death. And we say this death is not natural death. It's spiritual what? Death. Yes. Through sin. That's death spread to all men. So all men died spiritually. Because through Adam, all men have what? Sin. And we said for until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. The word you used there, entered, I said it was not part of the agenda. But then I also said that the imputation of sin here is positive. It's what? It's what? Positive. In other words, there was no one then, listen very carefully, to charge the account of sin too. Because all the things involved, including sin itself, was hidden. So Moses was mentioning, he was not mentioning sin. He was mentioning even serpent as the devil. So everything that was actually to take responsibility of what had happened was hidden until the law. So the law highlighted, are you getting the point, and brought out the responsibility. Is that very clear? So when we're saying that it was not imputed, we are not saying that there was not consequence for sin. So if we say that, then we are not reasoning right. Because it was sin that brought the case, that brought the death. So there was consequence for sin. So we are not saying that because there was no law, man was not charged for sin. Is that very clear? But we are talking about the responsibility of the perpetrators to actually come out and brought out to say, we take charge. We did it. We made it happen. It is the law that brought it out. Is that very clear? <laughs> All right. So Genesis 2.16 actually opens us up to so many things. That's where the gospel was preached to them. Yeah, we know what happened. And the Lord God commanded man saying, of every tree of the garden of you may what? Freely eat. First, it has already said, I think in the nine, that they should eat of the tree of what? Life. Including all other what? Trees. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not what? Eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall. All right. So they were deceived by the enemy and they ate. And we know that the eating is not literal. Is that very clear? Yes. It's not literal. Okay. So we know that they disbelieved. It was unbelief. They did not believe the tree of life, the Christ, who is also the light who is also the life of man, who is also the very image of God. Are you getting the point? Yes. They disbelieved. Okay, and they ate themselves. They believed in themselves. Okay, because the enemy deceived them to see that they can do it by themselves. They didn't need God. Okay, and because man had the power of choice, man could choose his destiny. So man chose his destiny out of God's life. And therefore man died. Is that very clear? Okay, good. All right. So the death now is the curse that is on man. 
Is that very clear? So death is scarce. What it means is that now man dies spiritually, man also dies what? Physically. So we said Adam died, but he was physically dead. So Jesus comes on the scene and says, watch this. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to what? So you see, Jesus gives us what very carefully. The thief here, most of us think that is the devil. He's not the devil. He's talking about false teachers and false prophets. If you read um, John 9, the whole of John 9, before you come to the 10, you will see the context. Okay, But you must understand that the devil is always behind false prophets and false word teachers. Just like he was behind Adam and Eve fall. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Okay. So now he says, he shows us what he, he comes to steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. And that's why you must study. Say, I must study. Please say it like you mean it. Say, I must study. Please, I want you to say it and shake your head and I must study. Say it. Yeah. You have no idea. There are things you would take. You would take the serpent by its head with ease because you study, because you pray. And, and, and there are things that the enemy will use to shake you just because you don't study and you don't pray. You know, when you, why do you hire a lawyer? He knows how to handle your case. Why? He has studied. He will defend your case for you. He knows your case better than you. You pay him or you go to jail. Knowledge. Yes. Listen, if you know, you can handle. Many things you can't handle is because you don't know. True. True. So he tells us he comes to steal, kill, and to what? Destroy. So you, can you see that God does not care? All the things enumerated there, stealing, killing, destroy, are they the effects of a case? Who is credited to it? Is it God? So how do you say God curses? So in effect, he's also telling you, I, tell, I told you it's not the devil, it's false teaching. <laughs> Jesus. So a man can be a victim to a case because they have false teaching. Am I teaching you? For most people, the reason why they are walking in cases when they have been taken out is because of false teaching, false knowledge. Look at what he tells you. He said, I have come that you may have what? Life and that you may have it more what? Abundantly. Abundant life here is not money. There are many who have money who are still working under a case. It has nothing to do with money. He said, abundant life. He is talking about eternal life. But he is giving it its everlasting nature in using the word abundance. Are you here with me? That it is a life that has no word. And that is the explanation of the abundance. <laughs> it's not that you get cast in a Abundance. No, it's called, it's called abundance. Abundance. Is that very clear? As a matter of fact, the Greek actually says that I have, I have that you may, I have come that you may have life. And watch what he says. The Greek in the Greek he says, you are abundant. You are abundant. So it means that there's no way you can walk under a case. You are personified eternal life. So, a curse cannot affect you. Your life, you, you are abundant. Yes. So, you see, out of you, everything works. Nothing dies in your hands. Did you hear that? Yes. Nothing. Nothing dies in your hands. It's not possible. It's not. So, you can see that every time Jesus talks about life, his emphasis is on eternal life. So the abundance of the life Jesus gives is eternal. Oh, praise God. Eternal. Somebody say eternal. Say, I have eternal life. I have abundant life. I walk in divine abundance. Everything that comes out of me emits life. Gives life. 
It resists the power and the dominion of death. I have life. I have overcome anything that the enemy throws at me. My life is a testimony of God's grace. Glory. Glory to Jesus. Glory. Ephesians 2, 1 to, 1, 1 to 3. Watch this. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. What? In which you once walked. So you can see that it is spiritual death. According to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. So you can see there's somebody behind it. There's a spirit. He says the spirit who now works in the sense of what? Disobedience. Are you getting it? Among whom you also all, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Watch this. And we're by nature. So life and death, therefore, refers to nature, not ceasing to exist. Nature. That's what Paul talks about in Romans 7. Talking about the law of sin and death. I want to do this, but I can't do it. He's talking about the unbeliever because of the nature, the Adamic nature. That is restricted. That is extricated. That is prevented. Are you getting the point? That's the nature. But you have been shifted. So you can check these words right there. You were dead in trespasses. The spirit that now works in, 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 in. You see? In, in. If you look at five and six, can you give me five and six? Project five and six for me. If you look at five and six, it says, even when we were dead in trespasses, let's all go. Mm -hmm. To sit together with what? Uh-huh. By grace you have been Look at the six. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So we we are sitting in dead in. Now we sit what? Oh, praise God! There's a shift of position. There's a shift of place. We sit in heavenly what places? Heavenly places. Don't be looking at heaven. You say, hey, we are sitting in the skies. No. It's an exalted position. Ah, are you getting the point now? Uh -huh. So when we say heavenly places, don't be thinking that it's a place that you are sitting. And no. You are now in the family of Christ. I'll be speaking to that. That's what Paul, when Paul said, the household of faith. Our gathering is not just mere gathering. We're a family. Praise God. Are you getting the point? Yes. Jesus says he is our brother. <laughs> the word he used, Adelphos, we are from the same womb. What's the womb? The womb of his resurrection. We have given birth together. And so we are sitting together as a family. You're a family member. Yes, my family member. So the in use there is significantly projecting that fact. That's what he's referring to. Hidden. Say hidden. So he said, he said, we are hidden in who? Christ Jesus. Ah, ah, are you getting the point? <laughs> we are hidden in Christ Jesus. While the enemy is hidden in the unbeliever. Are you getting the point? Yes. We are hidden in Christ Jesus. Are you getting it? So sin was hidden in sin. And death was hidden in sin. The enemy is a wicked devil. Sin was hidden in sin. The sin itself is not what you call sin. They didn't know that in unbelief the act of sin was hidden. <laughs> and death was also, was also what? Hidden. And then curse was also what? Hidden. But we also know that in Christ, life is giving. Praise God. So the real sin that makes men sin was hidden inside. 
So when God said you are cursed, it meant they were dead. Death would be the absence of life. The curse was to prevent life because there was the tree of life that they rejected. So the curse is the separation from God. Man was separated from who? God. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 25. He must reign, for he must reign till he has put all his enemies under his feet. Say enemy. Say enemy. Say enemy. So death is an enemy. Oh, death is an enemy. The word Paul used is etros for enemy. Personal, particular, specific. Yeah. So here he's talking about the adoption of the body. I've thought about it, right? Do you understand it? You know the adoption of a body. What is the adoption of a body? Who can tell me? Mm -hmm. Yes. The adoption of the body. Where? Where we, we shall be raised with a glorified body. Are you getting the point? Yes. So the body you have now is not the same body you shall rise with. Yes. You shall rise as you though, but with a new body. Praise God. Okay, a body that can go through walls, a body that can go everywhere, a body that is limitless without restriction. So, you see, in all of these explanations, you must know that if death is God's enemy because of what death did to you, God can't use death to punish you. Is it making sense? Or you didn't understand it? Because the death is a curse. So God can curse you. If death, which is the curse, is his enemy. Because of what he did to you. So when somebody tells you God is cursing you, tell them they don't know your God. And number two, they don't also know you. <laughs> oh, praise God. Are you getting understanding? Prince, do you understand it? It's not possible. Look at what David said. It's actually what Apostle Paul quoted. Psalm 110, verse 1. I've said it. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So David personalized the enemy. So God cannot use an enemy against his children. <laughs> Is it what he said? That even your earthly fathers, who are so evil, when you ask them for bread, they don't give you stone. When you ask them for fish, they don't give you what? Serpent. How would your heavenly father not give you the Holy Spirit? Praise God. Okay. So it's not possible. Say it's not possible. Oh, say it's not possible. Okay. So death became his enemy because it is an enemy of man. Hence, Jesus came to triumph over death. So if God brought Jesus to triumph over death, how would he use that same against us? Does it make sense? God has cursed Ghana. I beg you. I beg you. Say, because of this thing that Ghana did, God has cursed it. I said, hey, even Germany, they are doing well. They killed over 6 million Jews. They are doing well. They have a good economy. You are here with ancestral curse. Ancestral curse. <laughs> When I hear those things, it just gets me heartbroken. Ephesians 1.20 calls death principality and power. He said, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Praise God. He has taken death and reigned over it. The power has been taken away. Watch this. So now if you talk about curse, if God could have used the curse, death as punishment for man, then it means that the curse is sin's dominion. True or false? So now, if God have used the curse, then death as punishment for man, then the curse is sin's dominion. Curse is sin's dominion. You have dominance over curse. You have dominance over sin because that's what Christ did for you and I. We have dominion. What it means is that 
Your nature is of God. So what God triumphed over, you have triumphed over. So it can have dominion over you. Romans 5. Let's go back. 12 to 14. Therefore, just as one man sinned, entered the world, and the death through sin, does death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Watch this. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those. The Adam and the Moses there, I said they represent Okay, so even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. So what it means is that somebody did something and it was conferred. Is that right? Okay. Who is a type of him who was to come? Who is a type? So death reigned. In other words, it became a kingdom of dominion. But look at the 17, which tells us what counted it, finished it. And put it out of order. The same was used for Christ. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness, watch this, will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So now we reign in life. Death does not reign over us anymore. Do you get it now? When we are talking about proper reigning, you are talking about money and cars. Say, we reign in life. You say, yes, I take it. This gives you, you reign in life. In other words, death does not have dominion over you. Do you understand the point? If you die now, you enter into, into Christ. Oh, praise God. Say, I enter into Christ. Because I am his very image on earth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have the gift of righteousness and we reign in life through the one. Say through the one. Jesus Christ. All right. So now, Paul is just explaining that we were cut off from life because we sinned. It means that it was not God who was dealing with us. Claire. We were what? Cut off. So God was not dealing with us. No. We actually gave ourselves away and absented ourselves from the life of God. But God in his love and mercy still found his way to give us life back. So that we can reign in life with him. Praise God. So you see, whatever God said that you see there in Genesis 3.14 is not that God is cursing man. It was a statement of the gospel. The acknowledgement of sin to receive grace. <laughs> Is that very clear? The acknowledgement of the fact that I've messed up. I need grace. Oh, praise God. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? So we must always differentiate what God did from what we did that God said. Let me say it again. We must always differentiate what God did from what we did that God said. James 1, 13, 14. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. James is narrating what happened in Genesis. God didn't tempt man. God didn't do anything. Man was tempted by his own word, desire. Is that very clear? Apostle Lord, do you understand it? Just for the moment. <laughs> see you that any time you see sin, it is man's own desire. Don't credit it to God. As it was in the beginning, so it is, and it shall be. <laughs> Don't change it. Oh, hello, those of you who play like playing the blame game. Yeah. Don't form that consciousness, and I'm going to speak to that. <laughs> Don't train yourself in that. Some of us have become masters of that. It's a killer. 
It's a killer. It is the worst thing you can do to yourself. Don't be responsible for your mistakes and make a decision that grace will take you out. Praise God. So we see the produce of sin and death as it happened in Genesis, right? Was God part of it? So when we say sin entered, that's what Apostle Paul meant. Is that very clear? Yes. Sin entered. If God did not curse Adam, then God didn't curse Ghana. God didn't curse your marriage. Because I committed abortion, that's why I can't give birth. Hey! God has cursed me. It's a lie. Because I did this, that is why it's a lie. I'm under a curse. You are not under a curse. You are calling it for yourself. Call it for yourself. Why are you sick? In our family, there's this case. Really? And the prophets have given the name. Bloodline. Bloodline. When some people are using bloodline for royalty. You, 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 you have the boldness to, to, to use bloodline for sickness. There's a case on our... Hey! As for us, every time, spirit of disappointment. <laughs> mm. Did you see today's devotion? Yeah. You saw it? Yeah. You are calling it for yourself. You receive salvation just by speaking. God started by speaking. You are going to love the next, the next, next weeks. You are going to love it. Let me finish. Matthew 19. Matthew 19. <laughs> oh, God. 3 to 8. You see, the Pharisee also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Watch. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning, so he was referring to Genesis 1 and 2, before the fall. Is that very clear? Oh, is that very clear? So Genesis 1 and 2, at the beginning, made them male and what? And said, for this reason shall a man, Genesis 2.24 is what he's quoting, hmm, leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh in the body, not in spirit. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man what? Separate. Ah, 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 ah. So, so watch, they were quoting scripture. Jesus too was quoting scripture. So Jesus was saying, Genesis 2 is superior to what Moses said. Is that not what Jesus said? <laughs> so, when they said sin entered, you understand. Okay, all right. Now, after Jesus had answered them according to the mind of God, you see, are you getting the point? God's ideal plan, he told them, this is what God wanted for you. Oh, hello? Okay. He's going to tell them something. They said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? So if that was God's plan and God's purpose and God's agenda, Moses see. Moses see. I just told you something. That the worst thing you can do is to always try to shift blames. The worst thing a man can do to themselves is not to take responsibility. That's what makes them Pharisees. They are far to see. <laughs> Look at the eight. He said to them, Oh, hey, 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 because of the hardness of your hearts. You see, you see, he brought it back to them. They were trying to shift responsibility. We are going to go into this. You will be shocked. Listen to me. Some of you, there are some of you here. You even do the same thing. Members, I'm sorry, ma'am. Yeah, you can easily. You know you are the problem. You find somebody to blame. The Pharisee. It's a Pharisee thing. Because of the hardness. Say because. Of the hardness of your hearts. The word because of is the word proston in view of a situation that existed that gives reason for an action. You know already the hardness of hearts, sclerocardian. You cheated it. 
when we talk, staying above in an unbelieving world. Yes. Sclerocardium. Stubborn. Difficult. Unresponsive condition of dryness that you cannot plant. So what was Moses doing? Moses was stating the obvious. He was responding to Adam's sin. Are you here? What the nature of man has become after what? The fall. Hey, are you here with me? Yes. It was not part of God's agenda. But because of how man has become, Moses didn't have any choice. You'll be shocked how the law came. Moses actually presented grace to them. They said, we don't like it. I will show you. That is what Isaiah quoted. That's what Paul also quoted. First Corinthians 2. Let me finish it. Right, I'm wrapping up. 2.9. Go. For I, but as it is what? Written. I has not nor ear here. Nor have what? Entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. Spiritual blindness. Stubbornness of what? Heart. This is not a, this thing for him. A, 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 a test for inventions. <laughs> Unbelievers are creating and inventing things. Eh? So that's not it. It shows to the dryness and the stubbornness of the heart of man that Christ has taken away. Praise God. So the problem was our own problem. Even Moses himself, don't forget, his heart was the same. Death reigned from Adam to what? Moses. So Moses himself had the same heart. <laughs> so it means that the law of Moses did not make man come out of the case. So the law came from man's sin. Is that very clear? Yeah. We'll continue next week. Have you learned something today? You know what to do. Grace, glorious grace At the cross You called it finished Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai Lead Pastor, Caris Center International We believe the word has begun a good work in you May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life Caris Center International Living heaven on earth <laughs> <laughs>